Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mama Wears Athleisure. I am your host, Mariella de Santiago, a first-time mom. We focus on all things mom with tips to help make life easier and more organized for all you mamas out there. Hi, everyone. Today, I am here with Sarah Hoke, and we are going to talk a little bit about the partner's role for preparing for labor. So in this case, this would be a great episode to have your partner listen to, so not just the birthing parent. Thank you so much, Mariella, for having me. My name is Sarah, and I run Village Birth in Los Angeles, which has in-person prenatal classes, support groups, uh, lactation consulting, doulas, and a network of perinatal specialists. But outside of that, I am a mom of two. I'm a birth and postpartum doula and a childbirth educator. Since we are going to be talking about what a partner can kind of do to help take on a role when it comes to the labor process. Let's just jump right into it. So what can a partner do to prepare for what's needed when it comes to delivery? And I guess in this case, I'm kind of thinking in the sense of if you're going to deliver outside of the home or even Mm -hmm. what you might need when you're in the home. In terms of preparation for the birth, whether it's home birth or hospital, the number one thing is partaking in a childbirth education class or book. Not everyone has the time or the resources to take a class, but it is wonderful to really connect with the pregnancy because the person carrying the baby is very connected to the pregnancy. So having the partner partake in a class that gets them in the community allows them to really tap into the pregnancy and learn what their partner is going through and how they can prepare. So if a childbirth class is not on the agenda or just not a possibility, a book could be a great replacement for that. So one of my favorite ones is The Birth Partner by Penny Simpkin. It's really comprehensive and has a lot of tools and ideas of how a partner can be a good partner. And that's really good even if it's a single parent and their friend or a family member is attending. That's a really good book for them to read as well. Another book I love is Transformed by Birth by Britta Bushnell. Outside of education, I would say participating in packing the birth bag or getting the home ready in the event that it is a home birth. The birth partner really should know how to access what's in the bag, right? So things that are usually needed last minute or within the throes of birth are hair ties, chapstick, the massage tools, essential oils, anything that's going to help the birthing parent. And they want to know where they are so they can grab them when the stakes are high. Because usually those birth bags are pretty jam-packed. Again, this is preparation for birth, participating in writing the birth preferences together. So if you're taking a childbirth ed class, that's usually a part of it. If you're reading a book, just sitting down together and going through all of the options and what's important for your family within the birth. Some really good points, like definitely having the partner do the packing because yeah, you're Mm -hmm. right. When you, as the birthing parent, is going through the whole labor process. Like it's really hard to think about, Hey, can you grab such thing that's in this bag in that pocket? Right. And yes, we take so much. I mean, I even took our own pillows when you leave 
the hospital, you have to put your infant in a car seat. So mm-hmm. and what are some things that the partner can either do in advance or prepare for when we are leaving, whether it's the hospital or your birth center, because you as the birthing parent are, you're moving slow, you're recovering, you're in pain. There's a lot happening that you didn't know was going to happen if it's your first baby, or it's different if it's your second or third. So for leaving your birth center or place of delivery, the things that are going to need to be ready for your home or for your car. So obviously the car seat, that's a really good thing. Although both parents should really know how to do the car seat. And it's not easy, right? Car seat? It's not. There's actually even classes that you can take. We don't offer them at Village Birth, but there are like car seat technician classes that you can take, which are really nice. And sometimes it's like done at like a local fire station. So check those out in your city. But then of course, the logistics of the nursery, setting up the crib, because we all know that that's usually done in the third trimester when mom is a little bit bigger and not really able to set up Ikea furniture. So absolutely partners can do the building for that. And just doing that all together though, of like, where is the changing station going to go? Do we want a changing station that's a little bit more mobile, having that one in the living room, you might find that you don't change your baby in that like normal place where you decided. So having different changing stations throughout the house can be helpful as well. You mentioned at the beginning of this chat, it was how Mm -hmm. dads or partner that isn't going through the pregnancy, how yes, they don't have that same connection. And so sometimes it is at least I felt in in our situation, like it was more real to me at first, whereas my husband didn't really feel the changes until it was like, here's the baby, right? Because they're not going through these uncomfortable changes of like, yeah, I can't turn and sleep on my belly or I can't move and stuff. Yeah. And especially in the first trimester, when you're not visibly pregnant, you don't have as big of a bump or it's taking a while to get there. It's really easy for the partner to not really feel the shift the same way the birthing person does. But even when you are pregnant and visibly pregnant, I mean, it's just really nice to start incorporating the partner into like all of the preparation because it's easy to get caught up in our busy lives. Yeah, it is. And it's also really nice to like have them, whether they're going to have their own diaper bag or you share one, like have them know exactly where everything is, have them Mm -hmm. prep the bag anytime you guys are heading out the door together because that way you're not having to be interrupted of, hey, where are the diapers? Where is this located? Why do I need an extra change of clothes, especially as an infant, right? (laughs) So yes, lots of good points on that. My next question was any of the paperwork. So what are sort of paperwork that the partner can gather and have ready when it comes to the delivery? Like, what are they going to need? What is the birthing parent going to need to bring to their birthing location? 
number one, if you are writing out your birth preferences, so that's the things that are important to you within the birth. It doesn't need to be every single thing, but I usually recommend people if they are typing it out to keep it to one page, what's important to you, right? Is silence during the birth or dim lighting or anything about pain management, all the things that you would like that you think is supportive for your birth and your goals should be written down on a one page piece of paper and you should bring a couple copies. So one that you would give to the nurses in triage and then other copies for maybe labor and delivery once you're admitted and you're into labor and delivery. You also might have something typed up that is separate from your birth preferences, like your postpartum time or revolving around baby care. So do you want this certain vaccine? Do you want to have a bath while you're in the postpartum, meaning the baby uh, taking, we moms definitely want to shower after that birth, but um, does the baby, do you want to bathe your baby? All those things. So that can be something that's thrown into the bag after it's typed up. So that might not be hard to remember, but that's definitely important. In addition to, again, the partner knowing what's on the birth preferences and then making sure that both partners insurance and ID are with them. And that's particularly for a hospital setting when you're going into a birth center or if you're having a home birth, that's really not a thing. During the actual labor process, what can a partner do to help with this? Like how can they make it easier for their partner? One thing is that they need to be the main communicator and that's with the birth team, right? That's with the midwives, the the OBs, the nurse staff, and the admins at the hospital or birth center. I want to talk about triage because that's when you enter a hospital and triage is really where they're deciding, are we going to admit you? Are you in labor? And in addition to just being checked in and meeting the insurance and the ID, there's a lot of questions from the triage nurse. And they're usually directed at the birthing parent, but the partner can step in and answer those questions. The reason why it's so helpful for the birth partner to do that communication is because we really want the birthing parent to be in their bodies, focusing on their breaths, not distracted by any sort of thinking or communication, right? So knowing ahead of time what the medical history is, any medications that they're on, writing down before you get there, if the water has broken, what time that happened, what has the contraction pattern been, if you have been recording that. So these are some of the questions that are going to be asked. And some of them will feel a little redundant or that you've already answered before in prenatals. Like you'd think that it would be in the charts, but it's really just a checks and balance system. And the most that a partner can do in terms of communication will help the birthing parent just focus on the breath and have an easier time. And this goes for Anytime a new nurse comes into the room or a new doctor on rotation, being a communicator is the best thing that the partner can do so that mom can stay in the zone. So that being said, though, if the birthing parent or mother wants to be communicating or needs to be the one communicating, because that might happen, the partner can step in and help by making sure that all of that communication is really reserved for between contractions and not during them. So not only do we want the birthing parents 
not speaking during contractions, but we also don't want them being spoken to during a contraction, just because contractions are really all encompassing. And especially when you're in active labor, it's really hard to speak or listen while a contraction is happening. It's just very powerful. Another thing that you might want to think about as the partner is being the protector of the atmosphere. So we talk a lot about the flow of oxytocin in birth. This is the love hormone. It is also the hormone that brings on contractions or waves. So this really to have oxytocin flowing, just like in a love situation in the bedroom, the birth room commands a private and safe and quiet atmosphere in order for that love hormone to flow. So birth partners can again, be the protector of that. So making sure that their tone is soft and confident, dimming the lights or turning off the lights, maybe even asking the monitors to be turned down when they're not being needed because they can be loud and distracting, covering the monitors so people aren't focusing on the monitors and are just really in this safe, ooey-gooey, private, quiet atmosphere. And then lastly, encouraging words that help with safety. So knowing what your partner needs to feel safe is almost as important as the physical comfort measures that you'll hear about. It's more powerful than touch and massage and all that. So again, safety can really help the birthing person flow. And then birth partner during the labor process, you can help ensure that bio needs are being met and addressed. So that's like referring to eating, drinking, peeing. So offering water between every other or every contraction is really helpful. We want to make sure that she is hydrated. The uterus is contracting and it's a muscle. So it really is helpful to keep the body hydrated. So have a straw and a big tumbler and just have it available so she can sip on it. Offering snacks if she's hungry, that can help bring some energy to her body and then recommending bathroom breaks. Peeing is really helpful for the progress of labor because every time you empty your bladder, that baby's right on top of it. And so every time you empty it, it just helps them come down a little smidgen. Hi everyone, it's your host, Mariella. I wanted to thank you for listening and share some ways to show your continued support. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share the show with friends and family. Buy me a coffee to help with the financial costs of running a podcast. Follow me on Instagram at MamaWearsAthleisure. And finally, subscribe to my newsletter. Thank you for listening. I feel like you kind of are leading into this next one where I, a lot of what you said is essentially tied with advocacy, right? I hear this from many, many of my guests is the self-advocacy and also having their partner advocate for the birthing parent. But oftentimes someone might not know how to do that. So what are mm. ways to help advocate for the partner that is going through this process of soon to deliver? 
you mentioned self-advocacy. People in labor can advocate for themselves. They're just a little bit slower to respond to things because their focus, again, is on their breath and body and just feeling the physical sensations of birth. So how a partner can help support that or speak for them is number one, knowing the birth preferences. And that goes back to why it's so important for the birth partner to know what the birth preferences are and participate in that because that will come naturally. They're already going to know what the wishes are of the birthing person. Wonderful tool to help address moments or things that are being recommended, interventions, procedures, things that you're just noticing are starting to get off what the birth goals were is an acronym called BRAIN. And that's essentially a benefits and risk analysis of whatever is being proposed to you. And it could be used even prenatally for any sort of diagnostic tests or recommendations then. But with things are proposed sometimes, right? Like IV fluids, routine IV fluids, or the use of augmentation. So like Pitocin to help strengthen contractions, maybe breaking the water, all the different things that can happen. So if you are proposed something, going through that acronym, it's going to help you assess what's being proposed and make a decision. So the B is asking what the benefits are. The R is asking what the risks are. And asking the risks is a little bit more involved than just asking what the risks are. You kind of want to get a little deeper because sometimes certain side effects or risks are left out of the conversation. So if you really want to uncover them all, then you want to ask a little bit more direct questions like, have we gone over all of the side effects? Is there any risk to baby Could this impact the progress of labor? Those are good questions to ask in terms of risk. What are the alternatives? So this is the A in brain. Is there anything else we can do to achieve what you're looking for? I is what is my intuition telling me? So that's really you taking the moment to think about what decision you'd like to make. And the N is what if we do nothing? And that's going to tell you how important the intervention or the procedure is that's being proposed or if it's a true emergency. Now, all this to say, you'll be able to tell if there's an emergency happening, if, you know, while you're trying to advocate for your person and help like achieve all the birth goals, you can tell by the tone and the urgency if there is an emergency concern. And so you can trust that your care providers will address that accordingly. So that's the BRAIN acronym. A lot of what you just said kind of made me think of how a doula would be able Mm -hmm. to step in and really support both parents during this advocacy by really helping guide them with different questions and help the parents understand what the options are in, in, in just a different way. Anyway, I have a whole episode on supports for doula. So it just kind of okay. made me think of <laughs> instantly it. of like, oh my goodness, this like would totally be like what I would picture a prenatal doula to be able to support a family with. But- yes, absolutely. And oftentimes, depending on how experienced the, the doula is, they're more like leading questions, right? Like they know what the answer is, but they want to make sure that you understand the procedure and the proposal of the intervention. So that is a great way 
for doulas and partners to advocate is again, just asking the questions to make sure that the information is presented to the person in labor. Finally, my last question. Do you have any other tips, suggestions, or recommendations? I want to talk about the car ride. So the car ride is a really big moment if you're leaving your home to birth your baby. And it's a big moment because you've been in your private home. You feel safe there. Things have probably physically shifted at this point as you're in active labor and you're deciding to go to your birth location. So The car can be a challenge because you're much more restricted. You're going 70 miles an hour and you just don't have those creature comforts of home. So the partner can make this more comfortable by doing a couple really easy steps. Number one, you want to put the passenger car seat, like the back down as far as it will go. And then the mom will lie down on her side. You don't want to have them sitting on their bottom because there's just a lot of pressure there. Lying on your side is going to make that car ride a little bit easier. Also, before you help her sit down, you want to lay down a towel on the car seat. And this is to catch any fluid that might be leaking if your water has broken or not. And if your water has not broken yet, by the time you depart, you want to just have a little insurance that it doesn't gush all into your seat. So that might be helpful. You want two pillows with you. So after you help them sit down and lie down on their side, you're going to stick one pillow in between her legs to make sure that that's comfortable for her and then have one underneath her head or kind of like hugging for her. So she can just really relax into that position. And then lastly, having a plastic bag handy. So one of the symptoms of active labor is nausea and vomiting. So having that bag can be useful if uh, vomit is part of the equation on the way over there. Another tip, so I'm sure people have heard of this, of timing contractions. So before you get to your midwife or your birthing location, if you want to time your contractions, you're literally just timing them. So you get a sense that they're starting and then ending. The best way to do that is by using an app. There are a couple out there. The one that I really like is called Full Term. Partner have that on your cell phone before birth starts. And it's really easy to figure out but you just record contractions. So you want to have a snapshot of contractions to determine when you want to leave for your birthing destination, or you want to share this with your midwife who's coming over to your home. And generally you'll hear from like your OB that it's a 511 rule is the pattern of contractions. So that means contractions are five minutes apart lasting one minute for at least one hour. That's what 511 means. But I will say that I feel like 511 is often an indication that the person is entering active labor and there's, and birth really isn't eminent. This is not perfect science here. You really want to look at behavior? Are they becoming really internal? Have they really shifted? Are they vocalizing a lot more? And leave it up to them of when they're ready to go to their birthing destination. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time to share your knowledge and really kind of help guide and provide some sort of information so that the partner that isn't birthing the baby isn't really left out, but can have a 
hands-on and active role when it comes to preparing for labor as opposed to just waiting until the baby is here, right? Yeah, the partners really make a huge difference in the birth experience because they know you the best. They can tell based on experience, like what you're experiencing and what you need to feel safe. And so including them early is really going to help you and it's going to help them. So yeah, birth partners, you, even though you're not the one giving birth, this is very much an important time for you and you have a really important job. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mary Ellen. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for our next episode. You can find us on Instagram for more updates and tips. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review if you like us.